What's up, everybody? Welcome to Studio Wesley Annex, the audiovisual podcast where we talk about the lectionary texts of the week. Nailed it. No stutter. Nothing. I crushed that. Uh, I'm here with some beautifully patient people. <laughs> Allison, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm tired. It's like three weeks into the semester and it's already so much, but we're good. Oh, the summer semester. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone, break. everyone gets a break except Allison is the rule that I was told. Uh, well, thanks for being Check here. Out. Thanks for being here with us, despite all the busyness of a new semester. Sydney, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that you are good. I'm, I am also doing, okay. I really want ice cream right now. Um, because it's really hot outside for the first time in like a while. Um, but you know, you want to hear my new favorite toppings for ice cream? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Have, you, have you all ever had Ginny's ice cream? Yes. Okay. So absolutely. you have know crisp? No. Okay. Well, that's one of their popular flavors. If you know, you know, but <laughs> my like ripoff version for when I'm poor, but I still want it is to get vanilla ice cream. And they get some kind of jam, like a straw, like a ba- like strawberry or like a blackberry, and put that in there, and then put granola on it. Okay, Ooh. it will trick your brain into thinking it's blueberry crisp, and it's delicious. Um, new spinoff episode idea where we just talk about the life hacks to trick yourself into thinking you have more money than you do. I I love that so much. I so my go to like with ice cream because there's like some places have like s'mores ice cream right i love s'mores everything mm-hmm. i think you get like mixing some marshmallow like fluff and then ground up graham crackers and chocolate ice cream chef's kiss um i don't know if that's like a thing that will trick me into thinking i have more money but uh it definitely tr- tricks my stomach into thinking i'm having the most delicious thing on the planet but maybe i just am allison do you have a go-to ice cream topping while we're we're on the topic. Here's the thing that's going to ruin this is I'm really not an ice cream person. <laughs> so, like, if I have to eat ice cream, I'll eat cookies and cream ice cream, but that's, like, it. That's so disappointing, Allison. Yeah, so now that the episode has started off with such a bummer. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Sydney, um, would you like to pray for Allison and maybe the episode also, but um, more specifically for Allison um, not liking ice cream? I will. I will pray for Allison. <laughs> Um, God, thank you for this time and for Michael and for Allison and that we get to just get together and laugh a little and talk about scripture and grow together. Um, I pray that we would offer some insight into the text today through our own unique perspectives. Um, and if it's not insightful, it at least is honest. <laughs> um, and yes, just bless this time in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, and then you get to segue right into Second Corinthians. Sorry. Yeah. Let's get into it. Wait. Ah, uh, there we go. I sorry, technical difficulties. And go. <laughs> okay. Second Corinthians eleven. Uh, yes. 
2 Corinthians 13, 11 through 13 is my verses. It's three verses. Um, so it's really short. So as we know, Corinthians is letters that um, Paul is writing to the church of uh, Corinth. And um, these three verses are literally just the tail end of this letter. Um, I do recommend reading the whole chapter because it's short. And I feel like reading all of it kind of gives you like context for this like closing statement. Um, basically in this letter, Paul is talking about, you know, it's his third time that he's about to visit them and he's kind of giving them these kind of like nuggets of wisdom before he comes to see them. And maybe I guess perhaps preparing them for his arrival. Um, he talks about, um, our weaknesses and truth and talks about, um, you know, how we can't, I'm trying to like paraphrase quickly because this isn't technically my verse. Um, but it, yes, in this chapter, he gets into like concepts of like the fact that we can't do anything to hurt the truth because the truth is the truth. We can only help the truth, um, which obviously the truth being that Christ died. Um, and, um, resurrected. And, um, so it's, it's like so short and there's so much good stuff. And then right before my verses, um, Paul says here, let me see if I can find it. Um, this is why I'm writing these things while I'm away. I'm writing so that I won't need to act harshly when I'm with you, but using the authority that God, that the Lord gave me, he gave it to me so that I could build you up, not tear you down. So he gives all this wisdom. He gives all this insight. He encourages them to examine their faith. Um, and then he's like, look, I'm writing you now because I'm trying to build y'all up. I'm not trying to get there and bring bad vibes. It's kind of what I'm getting. He's like, don't, don't make me come and bring bad vibes. So <laughs> my verses 11 through 13 is, I'm going to read the whole thing because it's so short. Finally, brothers and sisters, goodbye. Put things in order. Respond to my encouragement. Be in harmony with each other and live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Say hello to each other with a holy kiss. All of God's people say hello to you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And I love these verses. <laughs> it's so short. Um, but as I was just kind of like reading through it, I got this kind of feeling and like this reminder that like, um, even after all that Paul said, even after all these kind of challenges, him encouraging to examine their faith and all this stuff, he ends with such a gentle encouragement. And I think that this reminds me to give myself permission 
to be gentle with myself and with my peers and with my community as we're on the journey and as we're learning and growing. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen, I feel like I've seen an infographic like 2000 times, those like therapy accounts where it's like, you can't hate yourself into growing only, you can only love yourself into growing. And I kind of feel like that's like captured in this, in this, um, departure of this letter is like, put things in order. Yes. Like put your things in order, respond to my encouragement, right? Like he's not asking them to respond to his, you know, judgment or respond to his, you know, like anger. He's asking them to respond and act out of like an encouragement, um, that they're a part of this, the bigger picture, a part of the body of Christ. Um, and to be in harmony with each other and to live in peace. Um, he's not asking them to be checking each other and coming at each other in a way that's like, again, harsh. He's asking us to be in harmony and live in peace as we're on the journey, as we're learning and as we're growing. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I that's something I struggle with. I think as somebody who is like, taken my own like healing my own mental health my own um all of these things pretty seriously in my adult life like you can get into these cycles that's like constantly trying to like better yourself and constantly trying to think of like oh well I haven't healed this trauma I haven't thought about this I'm why am I feeling this way and why am it but like to approach our own growth with a gentleness and not only ourselves, but like others, like it literally says, say hello to each other with a holy kiss, like greeting each other with love and trusting that like, we're all on this journey. And so I don't know, it's simple, but I think it's, um, important and yeah, I'd love to hear what y'all, what are y'all thinking? Um, I think, like, first of all, everything you just said is beautiful. I just want to name that. Um, but I do think that, like, you said, like, that whole bit about, like, responding to encouragement, encouragement over, like, judgment and all the things. Um, I just love to, like, reiterate that because I feel like we get stuck in, like, and this is sort of off a little bit of what you were saying, but I, it makes it, my brain instantly thought of, like, grind culture and, like, how we get stuck in that, like, negative of, like, constant like negative feedback and all the things and work 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 and so I feel like a lot of times we forget about like that positive that encouragement that take your time take your time to heal be nice to those around you do all the things and I I don't know if I really made that connection that well but in my head those two things kind of like connect um kind of what you were saying and so I just think that's super important to name too yeah I don't have anything else to add to this I mean I just want to once again say I totally agree that this is like the most peaceful and calming. Like this feels like the, the age old wisdom that like the, like the cute little old man would give you. He's like, Hey, just remember, do these things. And you're like, I will do anything for you. You're so gentle. And I don't know. I don't know. It makes me very happy. I would stitch this on a pillow. That's like the extent of what I can add to this. Um, I like reading a translation. I don't know if this is what you said. What um, encourage one another, be of one mind and live in peace which I think is, yeah, I, I think, because I, I, I read another translation that says, like, agree with agree with one another or whatever. And, like, agree with one another, be of one mind. Be of one mind resonates more for me because I, 
I don't know, agree with one another feels like we're settling, but like being of one mind feels like we are like collectively like working together. Does that make sense? I don't know. I do feel like there's a difference between those two. So just, um, yeah, I like that. I, I was also reading a lot of different translations and I like what you pointed out. Cause I feel like it's similar with like being harmony. Like it's not like in from a musician's perspective, like harmonizing with one another, like that doesn't yeah. mean you're necessarily singing the same note. It just means yeah. that you're together in a kind of cohesive way. And it's like, Paul's not making some assumption that everyone's going to always be on the same page, but asking that, like, even when you're not, figure out a way to, like, live in peace with each other as we're on the journey, right? As we're doing the work, as we're, like, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Allison, do you want to move us into Genesis? Yeah, I definitely can. There is, I don't know if you can hear that, but she just got louder. Is this dog in the background? Yeah. Oh, I, I think she's done now. But yeah, definitely. Coming for the Holy Spirit. It's great. <laughs> or just to be released from the bedroom where she's currently in. Um, yeah. So I honestly thought I had been bamboozled when I looked at what my verses were today and even had to Google to make sure I like knew the acronym correctly because I was like, no way I have Genesis 1. And then I definitely have Genesis 1. And I don't know why that felt like not real to me, but it, it just felt like a joke at first. Um, I, it, I don't know why I can't explain it. But I mean, most people, I feel like if you know anything about the Bible, it's, you know, Genesis 1, let there be light, the whole thing, which is like funny enough because that's actually not one of the verses that I'm doing. I'm doing like one to two. And then verse three is let there be light. And then I skip that one and I like go to verse four. So I think that's kind of funny too. But um, it's interesting because I feel like, oh no, it got, it took away. Okay, I got it. Um, it's just funny to me. So in verse two, he's, he's, it says like, you know, at first the earth lacked shape and was totally empty and a dark fog draped all over it. Like it has like that whole description going on. And it's so funny. Cause I was like, this should be a serious thing. But all my brain was like, could think of was like me too. Um, like making a joke about myself. And I got stuck after that. Cause I was like, mm, don't know how to interpret this. If I'm like making jokes instead of actually doing the thing. Um, but then it like kind of hit me that like in a way it can kind of metaphorically do that in the sense that like we talk about like it says later on, you know, he took the light from the darkness. And I feel like that like can also speak to like humanity where we have those days where we both feel light and dark or light or dark and depending on what's going on around us. Um, you know, when we wake up and there are so many things going on in our life, we might feel like we're covered in darkness, but people around us or things around us or the way we have coping skills brings that light back. Um, but yeah, I just think there's, I do think that's what it was. I do think there is beauty in this verse too. I love reading Genesis and just kind of hearing about creation and all the things. Um, but I just couldn't stop my brain from like going into that joke and then into that, like, Oh, that's kind of, we can, we can talk about this, how it like can be two things at once. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I like wanted to to make the joke after reading like my psalm, which we'll get into later, that this was like the day of like texts that work for like children. I've also been in a VBS mindset, so I don't know if that helps at all. But like, yeah, I don't know. The creation story just feels so like I I don't know. It's like the the biblical beginning that I just picture it in cartoon form always because like little kids this is like the most common little kid story we teach them all what I haven't ever like caught before and I, this is probably not new to anybody but for me I like 
I've I I've never pictured the world in darkness like in the creation story. Like I know in the beginning he's created heaven and earth, right? But I, this extra like part about there was like a dark fog over like the empty waters, and then it's like and then he created light. I've literally never thought of that before. Like I've never thought of like yeah the world was created but it was like in total darkness and that's why the let there be light is so important um that's like literally just a new thing for me that i wanted to point out i'm like ah interesting um that's all i have to <laughs> i honestly though i like i feel like there's a reason why this story feels so like told like it's being told to a child you know what I mean? Like, I, and you know, this is a journey I was on whenever I was kind of moving away from like a literal interpretation of the scripture to, and you know, embracing other kind of interpretations, right? Because growing up, I, I read this as this is literally how it happened, whatever, whatever, which it's, you know, if you read it like that, that's fine. Um, but now I'm just not there now <laughs> and it was told to me once that like genesis because there's so many creation stories throughout like religions the abrahamic religions and beyond like so many cultures have stories like this like very similar to this or whatever it was to, like picturing it as like a grandfather like telling his granddaughter like a story about like how the world was created right in a way like this little kid isn't gonna really understand but like painting a picture for them to understand the priorities of the universe the connectedness of the universe the magnificence of the universe right all kind of like boiled into this story that helps us interpret the world around us and so yeah i think it's like you know like it is meant to be approached almost like childlike and i think that like right we can hold space for it all for all the like body like you know deep theological whatever and then the jokes that we can just like pull out of this as well like it's it is all of that i think that there's like so much room for that yeah, the, the the metaphor of of light versus dark, obviously, like Allison that you mentioned, and you just picture this like as any other, like if that's the point point of this, which is just like, hey, the good and the evil were like separated, and that's like a thing. Can you imagine if like the metaphor was used by like your foods can't touch, here's your meats, here's your beans, and they don't touch. We keep them separate. Like that's the metaphor we use for children to like. Um, understand the creation of earth yeah i don't know um but but sorry i just wanted to point out sydney like i think about this all the time like the the parts in scripture and like all that just exist across religions and like yeah every religion covers the covers the like origin story and like there's my new differences but man there's so much similarity across religions that it almost makes me think back to the first verse of like one-mindedness like we can find that we can find that one-mindedness like or was that the was it one-mindedness doesn't matter but we can find that like unified way of thinking because it exists it just literally is it's more factual than it is like it's just whether or not we want to accept it so i just wanted to like shout well, that out yeah yeah which up is my last thing but it's also like and this is can launch into a whole other conversation but like the importance of placing value on like oral history because that's how we got things like this story you know what i mean like it like 
these kinds of stories were passed down as kind of like oral, like myths. You know what I mean? And like in the West, we place like this importance on like the written word and like we can talk about the tenets of like white supremacy and like why when we start to value that stuff over like this stuff that we get and that we can see across all different cultures and stuff. Like mm. that's when we start to get these kind of like global, like the hierarchies. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. No, uh, oh my gosh, absolutely. Uh, that's, uh, great okay now it's time for a break so you get to process that just as the same way that i want to right now uh we will see you soon or hear you will hear us soon <laughs> and we're back i hope you had a great break as well as us we did i want to take this again because i don't actually know hold on let me think of something better to say uh i don't know <laughs> and we're back uh i literally cannot think of anything interesting to say the break was a lot shorter than it normally is i i may just start right now and then force myself to edit together uh, we're back. I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, okay. I'm going to take it away now with Psalms 8. That is the, the chapter. I get a whole chapter. These people get like a few verses. I get a whole chapter. So great. Um, no, I love it. Okay. Um, so yes, I have Psalms 8. I'm going to pull it up here. Um, like I said earlier, and it could very well be like biased from the fact that I've been like hard at work on like vacation Bible school right now with my church. But like this whole psalm just screams like a desire in me to like this idea of like childlike faith which we hear um i think i feel like we hear oftentimes said of just like approaching religion christianity our relationship with god and the bible and all all texts with this like like innocence of a child and like the questioning of a child which i think is so beautiful um i want to read parts of this here um the part that really stood out to me was um when I gaze to the skies and meditate on your creation, on the moon, stars, and all you have made, I can't help but wonder why you care about mortals, sons and daughters of men, specks of dust floating about the cosmos. But you placed the Son of Man just beneath God and honored him like royalty, crowning him with glory and honor. If that doesn't speak to, maybe not my, I don't want to say my generation, I don't want to speak for behalf of my generation, but like if that doesn't speak to me like so deeply, just this like, the closer and closer you get to God and the more rec recognizing of God's creation and like the beauty and wonder that I think God had for us and for earth and everything, the like more and more of these thoughts creep in of like, I can't help but wonder why you care about us. And I do, I mean, I do have that. I have that question all the time. I'm, I, I mean, I can't help but think of like, if God is this all powerful being, like why, what on earth gives you any reason to care about me? Um, and that's like so powerful. And then it goes on to list all this imagery of like um, the, 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 yes, the, you govern the work, the works of your hands to nurture the offspring of your divine imagination. Uh, you placed everything on earth, domesticated animals, wild animals, fields, forests, skies, fish, 
birds, all the multitudes of living. And um, your majesty is heard throughout the earth. Again, just like the simplicity of just like creating this list of the beautiful images that God has to offer um, and how, like, I don't read this author as like coming to an answer for a direct answer that you can put into words, but it's more so like a feeling. I hope this isn't too confusing to follow right now, but like, I can't help but wonder why you care about mortals. And then just, it becomes this list of like beautiful things that you see that God has created. And somehow there's like a, a contentness and like a peace and a resting that happens just by acknowledging the wonderful things that God has to offer in your life. Um, I've been like trying to create this like prayer plan at my church recently of like different prompts that people can engage with in prayer. And one of those things is literally just like a prayer to ask God to like show you things through the lens of like the beauty that God has created. Like I want to pray. I pray that God just shows us the beauty in that's all around us that sometimes we take for granted and don't see. And I feel like the, this like David type Psalm uh, referencing Genesis one, which we just heard Allison talk about is doing that exact thing. It's like, I'm listing off all these beautiful things. And out of that comes a piece that overwhelms the insecurity that says, why would God care about me? I am nothing. And instead it's like, look at all the beautiful care and intention God put into everything around you. Um, and once you can notice that beauty, uh, I think it can start to help you battle the, the tougher questions inside you. Uh, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I hope that wasn't too much of a mess. Uh, and you guys still feel like you can uh, tack onto that. No, that was literally so good. That was not a mess at all. I was following the whole time, for real. Um, I like, I think that like, yeah, there's like, and I feel like again and again, I talk about like these kinds of like balances that we see in scripture where it's like, we see these kind of extremes and we're like holding them in tension. And it's like, I feel like this is another beautiful example of that where we're like, why, like my, I'm reading from CEB um, and my in, um, translation says, when I look up at the skies at what your fingers have made, the moon and the stars that you set firmly in place, what are human beings that you think about them? What are human beings that you pay attention? Like, right, we get this like existential, like, here everything is so big I'm so small and like there are moments where I need that right there are moments where like my problems seem too big and I'm like yeah <laughs> I'm nothing <laughs> I mean like my little life is nothing <laughs> and then I have these moments where I feel so insignificant that I feel like I have no worth and that's when we get these kind of imagery around like God giving us this beautiful responsibility and authority over the sheeps and the cattle and the and all the animals and like we just need that and we need that both on like an existential level to like regulate like our brains into like remembering that like both things are true but like we are merely just like a speck in the grand scheme and also we're like so unique and there will never be like another us and we also need it I feel like on like a level of like knowing that we belong to this planet. And again, I'm always bringing like, like <sighs> climate change into this. <laughs> like again and again, like just what I've learned from like in 
indigenous environmentalists about like how like they see humans as like belong like being a part of what we need to cultivate and take care of right like it's not like human beings are se- separate from it like we are part of this and that's why we want to take care of the planet we want to take care of animals we want to take care of cattle we want to be sustainable right like all of these things are because we're just one little piece in all of it you know that was a lot of words to bounce off of all your words but there's so much there for real Gosh, I have so many thoughts about what both of you just said, and I'm trying to decide, like, what is the most relevant right now? Um, gosh, I, I'm i going to tag back to my verse and, and my your metaphor of, like, the food for a second, because I think my brain, when you were talking, was going to, like, that mental health standpoint of, like, look at all these beautiful things, but, like, why am I worth your attention and your care? Um, and I feel like that's just such a good example of, like, combining the two verses of, like, you know, God who separates light from the dark and let's call light and dark mental health. So good mental health, bad mental health. And like that, like in your food metaphor, you know, we separate those foods. And while we could say they do not touch, but it's also important to talk about the fact that they are going to. And at like at some points in your life, you are going to have those like negative thoughts or that bad mental health because not every day is going to be perfect because we're human and we can only live up to like our humanity. Um, and I think I just kind of love the idea of combining those two verses of like, here's like I just feel like it's a good example of that of like yes here's all these beautiful things but our life we're gonna have those intrusions of like mental health that we're gonna have to work on and figure out how to get around and use those things around us to find the light again and I just kind of like the connection of those two verses um or at least how it connected in my head um and then also I just this is not that important but I for some reason thought it was really funny that they described humans as specks of dust because that really is what we are just like in the grand scheme of things and I just thought that was super funny so I just wanted to name that I don't know if this is if this is okay to do or not, but like I just want to do a plug in because uh, Allison, you have to remind me of of the name of this person. But we were talking to the, an individual on the Wellness Project, um, just about. Um, I mean, it's just about the fact that like college age young adults, and again, I'm going to say our generation relatively, like, really does have questions about like finding purpose so often, like just want to want to have a significant place like it's not enough to just be like present but it's like i want to have a purpose in the spaces that i'm in and i just feel like this is like this could open up like a bigger conversation about all of that specifically because i mean we're literally getting that same question in like in like one of the first 10 book like chapters of psalms which is really interesting to me so uh anyways okay i'm gonna leave it there uh we're gonna move on to our last book as i mentioned a couple weeks ago there are three of us here and four chunks of verses whatever would we do we'll do what we do where i'm gonna read it out loud and then if we just want to uh allison you and sydney if you guys want to just respond off of impulse, um, no expectation, anything that comes into your mind as it relates to stuff we've already talked about or totally new things. That's totally great. And I'm going to read it. This is uh, Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, also known as like the Great Commission. Um, And it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that's it. The Great Commission. Echo, echo, echo. Uh, any, like, impulse thoughts that come that stick out to you in that? I know for me, like, that, uh, and in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit stands out because we hear that all the time. <gasps> Allison, are you going to throw something in? Well, I don't know. It's Apparently my brain is just stuck in, like, mental health right now because my brain instantly went to, like, some of the things in this verse I feel like are, like, can be basis for like the ways the bible can harm people and that was like the first thing my brain took into it like some of the things that said i was like oh that's like that could be because you know like there are just some verses that people just they just end up being those verses that are like harmful and then not always it's just been depends on yeah. who's saying them and who's doing what with them but this one talks about like following all the commandments and obeying all the things and i was like this feels like it could be used in a not so good way and that was like my initial reaction i don't know yeah I had a similar thought, Allison, and I'm about that, but also about the making disciples of all the nations has also been used mm -hmm. to justify some mm -hmm. questionable actions on the parts of colonizers. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it's like there's a lot, there's like a weight with this one, I think, even though it's such a like like integral verse to like mm -hmm. theology like this is like such an important piece of like what it means to be a follower of christ like that's what this yeah. is supposed to mean for us and i have mm -hmm. so many questions you know no let, well let's let's unpack some of these things because i i, I feel like that if any like yeah. i feel like that's an important conversation you know especially these things that we have seen been hard be harmful or like could be harmful specific yeah th therefore go and make disciples of all nations like absolutely could Yes, everything you just said, Sydney. Um, I, I, and then I want to just like recontextualizing it off the top of my brain. I mean, I think back to, um, to what we were saying about your New Testament um, versus Sydney, where it's like, of one mind and agreeing. Like, there's some aspect of like, agree with each other. It, that feels very like, at least to me, a little bit dismissive of like, I just agree with each other. Somebody just like, give up on your opinion and go with the others, right? Um, which is also a way people can harmfully approach going make disciples of all nations. And then there's another way that's like got more intention and more like generosity to it. That's like, we're going to work together to be of one mind. We're going to work together and like meet each other where we're at and have discussions and um, go and make disciples of all nations. Like what, I mean, it also poses the question of like, what even does it mean to like turn somebody into a disciple, you know? Cause that mm -hmm. could look like a lot of things. Maybe that just means going and like loving all nations and hoping and, you know, and boom, we've made disciples. I don't know. Thoughts? Thoughts I don't on know. I, just think I, I think I like just initially saw it. And then kind of what you guys said is like, like we're making a list and that's like, we are not, but like in a mm -hmm. like, if it's in a harmful mind frame, like there's that list where this is like the top of the list. They're like, these are the things you're obeying and commanding, commanding. And then like underneath are like things from the Bible people have pulled out to use, you know? And, and an harm, like that end up being used in a harmful way. And I think that's just kind of how my brain's picturing it. It's like, here's like this foundation. And then like, here's how we're going to also use it involved with all these things. And so, yeah. Yeah. I do think that something that helps me contextualize this is that 
it is that piece, like teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Because I think when we think commandments, we automatically think like Old Testament commandments. Mm-hmm. commandments. Mm-hmm. But what I'm hearing right now is Jesus saying like, we've been hanging out together for how many years, right? Like mm-hmm. all these things I've taught you about loving people, about hanging out with the least of these, about yeah. people that others that were pushed aside. Like that's what, you know what I mean? Like we have to contextualize in like the life of Jesus that like he's not asking them to go follow all the Leviticus commandments. He's not any commandments, the commandments that I, Jesus, told y'all. And so it's like, yeah, I think in in scripture can be so easy to like, I don't know, to like it all get blurred. But in this moment, I have to like really like focus on like, okay, like if we're teaching people to be like Jesus, what that means is to just like be love in like the most radical way. Oh, dude, sorry that this is that's so good because this also factors in the thing I always want to talk about, which is like Jesus as like the man, like a human being, and like Jesus on the mountaintop. I I think if we're looking at Jesus as a human, you're you're totally right, Sidney. It's not going to be like uh, it's not talking about commandments from Leviticus, like that would be so out of place. And the, the disciples would be like, uh, huh? like they, that's not where their brain is going to go. You're, you're exactly right. It's Jesus saying like this time we spent together, the things I have commanded you, the things I've shown by example, like those things are obviously the things that the disciples are going to think of when Jesus mm-hmm. says, teaching them to obey everything I have shown you. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, so good, Sydney. So good. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. That I do think that's a great place to end it because man, Sydney, that that's bomb. That's so good. Um, yeah. Wow. I feel great about that. And the, the great commission, I feel like it's talked about a lot and it's very like simple copy paste sometimes. So I, I love that. This is where we got to. Um, that being said, I'm going to close this in prayer. Uh, if we feel good about that. Great. Um, uh, dear God, thank you, uh, as always, for letting us come together in this way. Uh, as Sydney said at the beginning, we're sharing laughs, we're sharing scripture, and we're hoping that there's something useful or valuable out of this, uh, if not for ourselves, but also for the, the people listening and engaging with this at home, uh, whether that be through agreement, disagreement, challenging, accepting, any of these ways that people can engage with the things we say, I, I hope uh, this sparks a beautiful conversation and uh, maybe gets us one step closer to this idea um, that you brought up for us, which is a, a, a like-mindedness. So, uh, yeah, thanks again. All this in your name. Amen. Uh, yay. Thank you guys so much uh, again for listening, for partaking, for you all. Uh, this has been Studio Wesley Annex. Until next time. Bye.